Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Saab and Hoozy. I am your host, Dr. Saab. I want to welcome my co-host, Hoozy. What's up, Hoozy, baby? Good, good. How are you, man? Great. It's a great episode tonight. We have two special guests. Can't wait to get into it. That indeed. That indeed. Um, so we are going to be talking <clears throat> first time on the, the podcast about some hoops. Basketball is my first true love. I know we love football. We love the NFL. It's time to talk some hoops. So I brought some brothers who know their hoops. First guest I'm going to introduce, my man, Mo. What up, Mo? What up, what up, what up, what up? Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to the audience so they get to know you a little better? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, but what's up? My name is uh, Mohammed Shabane or Mo Shabane. Um, are we giving, are we giving middle names? Are we doing middle names this episode? Uh, but, uh, no, first generation Yemeni American, because he knows what's up. Um, lover of all sports, um, definitely some sports more than others. Uh, but sports in general are, are, are definitely a passion of mine. Um, avid Hooper, <laughs> weightlifter mostly. So, uh, so I could, you know, sweat off that candy. Uh, but born, born and raised outside Chicago, most of my life, um, moved to Dallas for four years after college, um, after Dallas for four years, lived in Austin for three years, moved back to Chicago about a year ago, work in tech, but not an engineer or anything smart. So don't worry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Mo. We love going to appreciate your expertise. Now to uh, introduce my second guest, which is uh, not so much providing expertise. <clears throat> we my man, Ben. Welcome, Ben, to the podcast. Thanks for having us, guys. Uh, I've been following the show, and you guys, I think you guys are doing a great job. Uh, as Asab mentioned, my name is Ben Miles Mometti. Shout out to Adam. <laughs> he, was, he was on here last week. He, he was great. Um, uh, just like Mo mentioned, sports are a passion of mine. Um, I love basketball at a very young age. I love to play it and watch it. Um, I like wrestling. I, you know, I grew up in the best era, the Attitude Era. And then later on, I got into football and then eventually the UFC. So I'm a huge, huge sports fan. Um, I'm, a, I'm an accountant. Um, I'm actually transitioning into a consulting role here in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, but I'm still an accountant. Um, I've lived most of my life in the Midwest. I've, I've lived in Iowa. I've lived here in Illinois. Um, I'm Albanian. I'm a, a second generation Albanian. So we have a, you know, foreign theme going on here. So that's great. And yeah, uh, I'm ready to talk about anything you guys want to talk about. You know, I'm an expert in a lot of areas. Uh, Mo and I are actually arch nemesis. Um, Mo's a Very dude, much uh, so. Mo's a UNC fan. I'm a Duke fan. Mo likes the Lakers. I like the Spurs. He likes Khabib. I like McGregor. Uh, he likes Sun. I like Rain. It's it's it's. I don't know if he's just picking opposite sides just to argue with me, or if he really likes these teams. But me and Mo are lifelong arch nemesis. Awesome, sure. awesome. We we look forward to a great podcast. A couple things before we dive into everything. Number one is the podcast is up on 
essentially every single platform you can think of. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on iHeartRadio. We have a note. Now we have an Instagram page at Real Talk with uh, Real Talk with Sab and Huzzy. Please go give that a like, a follow. Uh, you know, we have a YouTube page now uh, at Real Talk with Sab and Huzzy. So we'll be posting some clips from our podcast. Big time. So please, please, please spread the news, spread the love, check things out. And also today's podcast, since we're going to be talking about NBA and talking about goat talk, is presented by the greatest restaurant of all time, Cherry Valley Cafe. Go check out Cherry Valley Cafe located in Cherry Valley, Illinois at 216 East State Street, uh, zip code 610-61016. We love Cherry Valley Cafe. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Go give it a check it out. Irving and Curry, one-on-one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Kyrie Irving from downtown. There was um, some drama this weekend. So Friday it was reported that Kyrie Irving had requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. This really actually goes back to a week prior where Kyrie Irving's um, agent, whose stepmom was actually kind of hinting at things in regards to contract negotiations and it sounded like the contract negotiations with the contract extension with Brooklyn Nets fell through. So obviously Kyrie wanted to get paid. He got his, um, he requested a trade. And today uh, obviously was the breaking news that the Brooklyn Nets have traded Kyrie Irving along with Markeith Morris to the Dallas Mavericks for a uh, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, a first-round pick in 2029, as well as uh, two second-round picks in 2027 and 2029. So a lot to pack here. I just want to give a brief history before I throw it to my guests. So obviously, ever since 2016, Kyrie has been involved in a pretty significant amount of drama. 2017, he requested a trade from the Cleveland Cavaliers. He got traded to the Boston Celtics. As we know, the famous interview that he gave in Boston saying that if you guys will have me, I will, I, you know, I'll stay. Not too much later, he leaves the Boston Celtics in free agency in 2018 to join KD uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. And now he's on his way to Dallas. Just for the record, him and KD have played a total of 74 games together. They've been together for three and a half seasons, and they haven't even played and one season worth of games together. So I'm going to throw it to my guest. I'm going to start with you, Ben. What's your overall thoughts looking at this trade from all the aspects, the Brooklyn aspect, the Dallas aspect, and the Kyrie Irving aspect? Yeah, so I was I was really shocked because I thought, you know, they were doing great. You know, when, when KD was healthy, they had a great record. Look at, you know, looked like they were starting to gel. And – and Kyrie, first off, I want to say I'm a, you know, I'm a huge Kyrie fan on the court. I think he's box office. I think he's someone I pay to go watch. It doesn't hurt that he went to Duke, although he played like 10, 11 games. But, like, I'm a fan of Kyrie. But the stuff that's, that's happened in the past couple of years, past two, three years, I don't know how anyone gives this guy a long-term contract. So he starts off in Cleveland, him and LeBron win. He leaves Cleveland because he doesn't want to be under LeBron's shadow. Goes to Boston. He tells them he wants to re-sign, all that stuff. Well, then he says he wants to go home to Brooklyn. Goes to Brooklyn. They get James Harden. James Harden pretty much leaves from what I've read is he didn't want to play with Kyrie. 
because he's. I mean, nobody has a problem playing with KD. So they lose Harden, and then now he comes out and he says that he wants to be traded, which he did get traded to the Dallas Mavericks. So I, I have no idea. It sounds like Dallas will give him a long-term contract. Um, I don't know how him and Luka fit together. Luka is very ball-dominant, um, and so is Kyrie. You know, he's not a bad three-point shooter. I think he can spot up, and I think, you know, I think he can benefit from Luka's playmaking. But I think Jason Kidd has his work cut out for him. Um, because, but if they can make it work, if they can get him and Luka on the same page, and Luka doesn't have to dribble the ball all night and he saves his energy for the playoffs, I think, and also I want to add, I like Christian Wood too. I think Christian Wood is a great young player. I think he's, he fits perfect with Luka. He can pop. He can, you know, he can catch lobs. I think, I think if they figure it out and Kyrie says, hey, you know, I'm done with the BS, Let's make this work. I think they can make something happen in the West, but I got to see it first. I got to see it first. Mo, I'll throw it to you. Your thoughts on the trade? Um, I uh, is first of all, it's nine games. Nine games. He only played nine games with Duke. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you know that. A Dukey? Uh, can we even count him as a Dukey? I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, I agree with a lot, a lot of things that Ben just said, right? Like, um, one, the trade to Dallas, if anyone has the balls to make that trade, it's Dallas, you know, it's fucking Mark Cuban. Uh, it's with a, it's, it's with a coach like Jason Kidd, who is a, a point guard, a champion with the maps before. Um, I think. Real quick, like outside looking in, like if you're the Lakers, you're like, damn, we missed out. Like, if that's what it took to get Kyrie, like we could have done something like that. We could have done something like that. Built a team, Kyrie, LeBron, fucking AD, and Ru- with Rui there now, like that's a good four out of five. I mean, fucking, they got Troy Brown Jr. or someone else as their five, or Wendell, or Wendell Gabriel, whatever. But, um, I'm uh, alongside Ben. I like, I, I like Kyrie. I root for Kyrie. You know, he's got like his Muslim roots. He says sometimes, right? Um, which which makes and, and he seems like a very like generous guy, a nice guy. He does a lot of things off the court for a lot of different people, a lot of different charities. Um, but like, how can along with with everything he's done, like how can you be comfortable? giving this guy all this money and being like, okay, now you're going to play four years in return with, for me. And you're not, you're not going to bitch. You're not going to do this. You're not going to try to see out your contract. Like how many times now with Brooklyn did he, did he say like trade me or see me out the contract? Um, and like Ben said, they were like doing really, really well, or they have been doing really well with KD's injury. They're on a streak. Um, so it was like, I just didn't think the timing in everything, if like someone can bail out on your team, then it's Kyrie you can do it on any time. Um, and I just don't like the mix with him and Luca. Um, they're both ball dominant. I think Luca's at Luca's usage rate was thirty seven point three percent last year. It's at thirty eight point three this year. Um, Kyrie is generally twenty nine to thirty. Um, there's two huge ball dominant guards. And I think in the playoffs at times that may come in handy when it's a one-on-one game, it's closed. It's the last couple uh, minutes in the quarter. Um, 
But how long until Kyrie says, yo, I'm out? This ball-dominant game that the Mavs play so much with Luka, like, he's just going to sit in the corner and he – how many games until he says, like, yeah, this is not the way I want to play. I'm I'm out. So I think heavily it relies on Jason Kidd and um, what he cooks up, you know, what's the offense moving forward and how do you get them both integrated. I've never seen Luka off the ball. I can't even tell you if I've ever seen Luka shoot a catch-and-shoot three-pointer. It, and that's nothing against Luka or anything, but it's like that's just not the way they play. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how it shapes out. <clears throat> I don't. I don't think it makes them a championship team. I think they still need more pieces. I'll leave it at that. Oh, real quick. Uh, real quick note: Kyrie played in eleven games, started in a Duke. He played three hundred and three minutes. So eleven games he played. So he's a Duke. He's a Dukey. Yep. Jose, <laughs> um, you know we're we're talking a lot from the Mavericks standpoint, so we'll stay on this uh, in regards to the trade. So looking at the Mavericks projected starting lineup. Uh, you got Luca, you got Kyrie, you probably have Hardaway at the three, and then Christian Wood, and um, you're looking at probably uh, either Kleber or, or uh, Powell at the five. Bench, you got Morris, you got Bullock, you got Josh Green and McGee. Uh, in a West that's pretty wide open, I will say, uh, you know, there's really been no dominant teams in the West. How does this Mavs team stack up to the rest of the Western Conference? Um, this Dallas Mavericks team with the addition of Kyrie, like improved, uh, offensively, but they have decreased defensively. They lost their best defender, perimeter defender, DFS, Doran Finney-Smith. Uh, people were making fun of them that they were trying to trade him for a star player. He ended up getting traded for a star player. Uh, I just think this team, if Luke, honestly, I actually like this trade with Kyrie and Luca. Luca is finally going to have the ball out of his hands. His usage rate is going to go down. And that's something he's obviously has been wanting for a while. You know, looking at Maverick games, bro, this guy's scoring 20 points in the first quarter. He can't, it's not going to happen every single game. So getting Kyrie, uh, I just feel like Luca is just going to have to adjust. He's going to learn how to move off ball, how to create space. But you got to think about it. You can't leave Luca by himself in a corner. So he's obviously going to get guarded. So I'm just saying with this team, if they gel right, if Jason Kidd has a plan for these two guards to mesh together, I feel like they can stack up well. They have a decent bench. They got uh, Reggie Bullock, a decent, three, uh, decent good shoot, shooter. You got uh, JaVale McGee. He's a good backup. He's a good backup, better than most. Better than Montrez. I'll take him in, in Philly <laughs> if we could. But, yeah, so honestly, I like, I like this addition, but call me crazy. I think Mark Cuban – has something up his sleeve. He still wants one more thing. I don't know what it is. He's going to grab one more thing, but I just feel like this team has, like, offensively, like, Max is going to get potentially better, but defensively they're going to be lacking, and we'll see how that goes. I agree with you 100% on in regards to the defense. It's concerning that, you know, people – don't really value those three and D players as much as they should. Dorian Finney-Smith is a guy – he's going to fit along – and we'll talk about the Brooklyn side of things. He's going to fit along beautifully along Kevin Durant. Um, you know, a guy who doesn't need the ball a lot, he's going to play defense, defend the other team's best player, and also make shots for you in the corner. Uh, you know, losing him is going to be a big loss. They lose some of their depth with Dinwiddie. They don't really have a shot blocker. Yeah, offensively, it might they might be the most potent offensive team in the league, but – 
I mean, with Kyrie and Luka, who are two bad defenders, and Hardaway's not a good defender, and they have no shot blocking, good luck getting stops in the playoffs. Um, then we'll see how that thing shakes out from the Dallas standpoint. From the Brooklyn side, my first question is, and I'll throw it to you, Ben, first. What does this mean for KD? I would not be surprised if KD came out tomorrow or during the week and said, hey, I want to be traded now. And I read somewhere that the Phoenix Suns, that's what they're waiting for. That's what the Suns are waiting for. As soon as he comes out and says that, I think there will be a ton of teams that will want KD, obviously. And I think the Suns will be, you know, I think they'll go all in on it. Um, but if I'm KD, I'm, or honestly, if I'm the Nets, I'm like, why do we, you know, let's give what we can for KD now because, I mean, they're not going to win, you know, the title now. I don't think they are. As great as KD is, I don't think he can beat that Bucks team by himself, the Sixers team by himself, and I, I, I think he'll he'll request a trade, and I think Brooklyn should trade him. I think they should give whatever they can from him, get a lot of shit from him for him, and I think you just rebuild. I I agree. I like Finney Smith for them. I think they have some nice young pieces. I think you just blow it up, and I think you start all over because I mean, I mean for them it must be a headache. Because they went through all this shit last year. And then this year, they started off to a great start. They had a 12-14 game win streak. And then Kyrie says, I want to be traded. And if I'm them, I'm just I'm just exhausted at this point. And I just want to trade KD to get a shitload of first-round picks and just start fresh. And that's what I would do if I were the Nets. And that's, and that's what I would do if I was KD. I would talk to them, be realistic with them, be like, hey, this is probably not going to be a championship team this year. So get what you can for me. Let me go somewhere else so I can win. I mean, KD's not, you know, a spring chicken either at this point in his career. So don't waste your time or don't waste your years in Brooklyn. Request a trade. Go to Phoenix or, you know, go to, a you know, another contender that can get you and compete for a ring. That's what I would do. So, Mo, um, just want to comment on things before I throw it to you. So just to – for the listeners – the Brooklyn Nets, um, obviously with the James Harden trade, they own their 2024 and 2026 first-round picks to Houston outright. Um, and then Houston has swap rights in 23, 24, 27. Um, so really, for the next five years, Brooklyn doesn't really control their picks. Um, first thing I'll, I, I got to say, I just got to say a comment, and then I'll throw it to you, Mo. You know, when when James Harden got traded, I thought the Houston Rockets were stupid for not wanting Ben Simmons. Damn, don't they look like geniuses now? They got <laughs> all those picks, right? And Ben Simmons is straight trash. Like, trash. Like, arguably the worst contract in the league. And God bless, oh my goodness. Uh, I mean, God bless the Phillies GM. Uh, Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey turning in trash bag Ben Simmons for James Harden. But anyways, Mo, um, you know, my question is, you know, you're in the room with Sean Marks. You know, what are you doing with this team moving forward, particularly KD? Sell it. Like you said, I don't, I, I'm hearing a little echo, my bad. Um, you, you don't own much of your future. This is your only chance to get it back. Um, with a generational player like KD. Um, KD's 34. 
do we think he is going to continue to to ball out to like LeBron age, right? 38, 39. I don't think so. I think KD, as we see already, is a little bit more fragile. He's continuously getting hurt um, these last couple of years. Um, so this is the moment. Like this is what you have. Like you, like you said, you're 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 kind of stuck <clears throat> with with Ben Simmons. Um, he is not um, raising his value at all right now. Um, so you're kind of, what do you have left? You have KD and you have Joe Harris. Um, those are two guys that you could potentially get draft picks for. I mean, not potentially. Obviously, KD you can, or you could flip it, get young picks back. Who knows? Flip it back to uh, Golden State and get some of that young core. And there you go. You get a young core, get a draft pick. Um, who knows what's up with Wiseman or whatever, but th- there's a quick way to flip it around, get a young core, you get young draft picks, whatever the hell you want. But um, I don't think it makes too much sense to retool at this point with a with a 34-year-old KD uh, with Brooklyn right now. So I'd be selling. Pussy, I want you to, you know, talk about the haul they got back for Kyrie. Uh, personally, I think given the circumstances of a guy who is an expiring contract this summer, um, who let's, let's call it what it is. We all love brother Kyrie, but he's, he's a distraction to put it lightly. Uh, <laughs> To put it very lightly, I won't say he's a team cancer or breaks up teams, although some people will say that. <coughs> to get back, you know, I mean, it was an obviously an amazing haul, but still, considering the circumstances, Dorian Finney-Smith, who's a solid 3 and D player, Spencer Dinwiddie in a first-round pick, I think that's a pretty good haul that they got. What do you think? Uh, looking back at it, I actually thought the Mavs won the trade, but looking back at it now, obviously with Kyrie, you can never trust him. And it's probably, he's going to be a rental at most uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. If everything goes well, he'll probably think about an extension, but I don't, you, you never know with Kyrie. So Spencer Dinwiddie, a first round pick D, DFS and two second round picks. I think that's amazing for a rental because Kyrie, if you let Kyrie stay, he was going to walk for nothing. I feel like that was a good move. Uh, I just, I just think the Nets, they could have got more. But they just didn't want to send Kyrie to a to a, to a team of his liking, so they just sent him to Dallas, where he will have to learn how to play off ball with Luca, or vice versa. Luca has to play off ball with Kyrie. But I just feel like uh, Brooklyn they did get a good haul. But I see them. I saw a report before hopping on this pod that the Nets are going to target five players. Uh, b- b- one is DeRozan, Siakam. Uh, OG Ananobi, I saw Zach Levine, and I saw Gary Trent. These are five players. I saw these are five players that the Nets are going to target. So, as KD at 34, I don't know if you want to move to a new team, learn a new system, adapt to a new culture, and stuff like that. If they could get one of these and another, get one of these players, I feel like they could be in the mix. But all at the end of the day, if I'm Brooklyn. I would sell KD and just move on with life. Yeah, no, I think I agree. You know, it's funny that you said that the players they were targeting, and you mentioned OG, and I think you mentioned Fred Van Fleet, or maybe I was thinking, but it's funny because no, – Go ahead. No, OG, Siakam, and Gary Trent. Yeah, OG, Siakam, those are the three players from Toronto. It's funny because 
before this, before the the trade, right? And we were talking about. I was gonna. We were gonna obviously talk about potential destinations, and it was reported obviously that the Lakers, the Clippers, the Mavs, and the Suns were the four four reported teams. The one team I was actually gonna bring up in the pod was actually the Raptors as a sneaky team for a couple of reasons. One, they have the the assets to get it done, and two, um, the last time we saw a rental player got traded, get traded wasn't in the season, it was an offseason, was Kawhi Leonard to the Toronto Raptors and the Sayu Jury. So I was thinking that was a possibility, but, um, you know, obviously it didn't happen that way. I don't know if the Nets could have gotten more for Kyrie considering the circumstances. I think they did overall pretty well. I'll start off with the grades for the trade. Personally, I'm giving the Nets a B plus um, for getting out of a bad situation and getting something uh, out of a very – Tense, dramatic, uh, you know, controversial player in Kyrie for them to get, you know, two solid players to help them now, plus a future first. I think it's they did pretty well. And from the Mavericks standpoint, I'm going to be honest with you, maybe I'm more down on this trade than you guys. I'm going to trade a D um, for multiple reasons. One is, does this move guarantee, I mean, obviously nothing will guarantee you a championship, but Kyrie is 31 years old. He's a small guard. Small guards typically don't age well in the NBA, um, and they're easy. They're easier to lock down in the postseason than obviously bigger wings. Um, defensively, this team has major concerns defensively, and I have still have a tough time seeing them getting out of the West. Although the West is open, I understand the move. And number three is I have a tough time seeing Kyrie committing there. And actually, it was a report by David McMenamin, who's, who covers the Mavs, saying that the Mavs are not talking contract extensions with Kyrie until after the season. Well, Kyrie, let's be honest, bro. I'm not trying to listen. I love brother Kyrie. He's a brother. I love him. The Kyrie, the type of man, he might wake up tomorrow and say he don't want to be here no more. That's just <laughs> All right, so who knows what's going to happen tomorrow with Kyrie, let alone in the summertime. So I'm giving the... Mavericks a D, and the Nets a B plus. Ben, seems like you disagree. What do you think? I would give Brooklyn somewhere between a C plus and a B, B minus. Uh, they got one first round pick, and it's unprotected. Okay, so I think they could have got a little more. I think they just wanted to get rid of him. Honestly, when I look at the trade, I look at a team that's just disgusted by him. It's like just get him out of this building. Now they did get Finney Smith, who I'm a fan of. Uh, I think me and Mo have talked about him before. At, uh, I think we're both of you, you know, big fan of him. He can defend. He's a long player. He can hit an open three. He's a good corner shooter as well. So I like Finney Smith. Spencer, Spencer's a good player, but he he does a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's he's a you know he can create his own shot. He can get to the rim, but sometimes he just does a whole lot of nothing out there. Like you know, empty calorie points. So. I'm not sure about him. Plus, he was there before, so he's just going back. Uh, I'd say C plus B minus for the Nets. Mavericks, though, I'll say it's to be determined. It could be an A, could be an F. If they can get an extension and they have a, you know, uh, they have a solid run this year, and he wants to stay there, and this is a four or five year deal, and he stays there with Dallas, and I'd say it's an A. If he dips out this off season and he goes to LA, that's an F. Because you did nothing. You just traded Finney Smith, who's a young, good player, for nothing. So I'll say for Mavericks, it's under, it's it's to be determined. But it can go either way. 
Mo, before I ask you your grade, I'm going to ask you a question. What jersey is Kyrie Irving wearing in the 2023-2024 NBA tip-off? So next season, what jersey is he wearing? He's wearing a Lakers jersey. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I, I could see it. I, 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 that's why I'm really hesitant on this trade. I'll get your thoughts. What, what are your grades for the trade? Yeah, uh, not foreshadowing, foreseeing, forecasting a um, a departure from Kyrie. I would say it would be a B for the Mavs. Uh, that's a, if everything goes well, right? He doesn't leave, he signs it, whatever. Um, obviously if he doesn't sign it, uh, sign the contract and it's just a, a rental, then, uh, definitely not a B. Um, and then for Brooklyn, I'm going to give it a C. Um, I think you could have flipped it just a little bit more to get something for someone like Kyrie, um, and his skills and his talent. Um, I, I think I even saw a report before jumping on that said, Phoenix offered him. Phoenix offered Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, um, and some picks for Kyrie. I don't know what those picks were going to be, but if you're talking about winning now, um, having a team to win a championship now, I would think that obviously that Phoenix uh, duo of Chris Paul um, and Jay Crowder would give you a better chance, especially since you're you're essentially needing a point guard at this time with uh, Kyrie being gone and leaving that team. Um, I know you got like Seth Curry, you have Ben, kind of got Ben Simmons, um, and you kind of got these other guys, but to have a real point guard in there like Chris Paul can make a difference. But have Chris Paul, what the hell do you need? What, what the hell is Ben Simmons going to do, right, with a ball-dominant guy like that? So um, that's how I'm rating it right now. But obviously, like Ben said and, and everybody else has said, like, who knows what brother Kyrie is going to do? And that's the determinative factor because, like I said, I see him in a Lakers jersey or a different jersey next year. Um, but, again, if there's one place right now that could temporarily hold him and getting to come back, it's someone like eccentric, like uh, what's his name, Mark Cuban. And it is a basketball-minded point guard like Jason Kidd who's been in that position before. So, um, yeah, those are my grades. Jose, the Dallas Mavericks odds for the title went up from plus 1,900 to plus 1,400. What are you thinking in regards to the grade for the trade? What, what's your thoughts? Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets side, I think they they, they did their best. They'll, they'll get like a B-. minus. I mean, they got what they can from Kyrie. As the manager said, he did not want to send Kyrie to the Lakers, so he obviously did not listen to their offer. Uh but I think they got a decent haul. But for the Mavericks, they get a C. Uh, for the meantime, uh, if Kyrie resigns, it's obviously an A. But if he doesn't resign, it goes down to an F. It's a rental. Mark Cuban knew this. He knew it coming in. Uh, Luca obviously wants to win now. They got to the Western Conference Finals just with just him. So if Kyrie can get him over the edge, maybe a Western Conference appearance might get Kyrie to resign. But as you guys said, you, as Subri, the Lakers fan, he's been he's going to be waiting for him this summer, Kyrie Irving. Speaking of the Lakers, <laughs> Lakers failed to get Kyrie Irving. 
obviously the NBA trade deadline is this Thursday, February 9th. We're going to talk about the, you know, very briefly, some potential trade targets, you know, some predictions prior to the trade deadline. Mo, you're a diehard Laker fan. The, Not really. There was a report. <laughs> <laughs> there was a report prior to the Kyrie Irving trade request that the Lakers were looking into a trade with a team that I'm very interested in seeing what they do this offseason, this uh, trade deadline, the Utah Jazz. Um, the Utah Jazz. First off, I mean, hats off to Danny Ainge again for him to highway robbery for the Rudy Gobert trade and just get a haul. I mean, he he just that, the Rudy Gobert trade might go down as the worst trade of all time. Um, Easily, you know, it's just ridiculous. But anyways, the, the Jazz have a bunch of very good role players who make uh you know kind of like that average salary, which are ideal trade targets like a Jordan Clarkson, a Malik Beasley or an old veteran uh, point guard, Mike Conley, um, including a bunch of others like, you know, Jared Vanderbilt's name has been brought up in rumors. Does any of those names interest you in regards to a Laker-Westbrook trade? Um, to be honest... No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think any of those elevate the Lakers into a championship contending team, uh, especially considering like Westbrook is playing well. Westbrook is playing well with that second unit. He's he's in contentions for six man of the year um, right now. So I don't. I don't think Russ is the issue. I think it's just compiling a better roster. Like they. They need someone like a Joe Harris, right? Someone that can spread the floor and shoot the ball. You have AD, you have LeBron, you have two guys that dominate in the paint. Obviously, can shoot threes, can step behind the arc. Uh, but, like, LeBron, as we all know, works better with guys that are around the perimeter. Um, so, from a Lakers, if I'm thinking for the Lakers, like, I, that's who I should be. I would be targeting. Or even... Again, I don't think they have enough to get a guy like a Zach Levine, um, who I think just recently signed with Rich Paul or is going to sign with. Yeah, right. So he's got he the signed there. Two hundred. He signed exactly. He's he went to UCLA. Um, as a as a, I'm a Bulls fan. As a Bulls fan, I love Kobe and the big Laker fan, but can't root for LeBron. Um, but as a Bulls fan, I'm like. I don't think they could offer us anything, but I would be like, yo, take them, take, take DeRozan. Let's just start fresh. But um, like Lakers need someone like that. Lakers need someone that's going to take them over the top. Um, I don't think little pieces, especially if you're interchanging it with someone like Westbrook, that's not going to, uh, that's not going to get the Lakers over the top. Can I offer you a, uh, a mock trade that I just uh, popped into the trade machine? Let's see it. Let's hear it. Or, you know, I, 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 like I said, I wouldn't do this if I'm a Laker GM, but, um, you know, you mentioned the name Joe Harris, which got me thinking, and the salaries match up. You know, Brooklyn obviously seems like they're probably going to be going into rebuild mode. And the probably the number one thing that they would want to do, obviously besides getting a haul for KD, would be to dump Ben Simmons' contract. Could I interest you into Ben Simmons and Joe Harris for Russell Westbrook? Ben, Ben, your thoughts. You're laughing. Yeah, please, please do that. Take that, please. If you're who, 
If you're the Lakers, please take that. As a Philly fan who suffered through the Ben Simmons experience, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Honestly, if I'm the Lakers, I'm taking that offer because d- defensively, you need Ben Simmons. He's obviously as terrible as he is as on, on offense. Like he defensively, he's one of the top five defenders in the league. He can guard one through five. Obviously, you need a sh- you need some shooters. Joe Harris would be phenomenal for LeBron. If you could surround LeBron with f- like four shooters and just him, they'll probably win every year. But the Lakers can't do that, unfortunately. But going back to your Utah Jazz, honestly, if the Lakers can send Westbrook to them for somebody, I mean they probably would. But Rob Palenka has said he does not want to trade that those two first round picks that he has left. That's the Lakers' future, and he's going to hold on to them as as long as he can. Because you got to think about it, AD is going to be washed soon. LeBron's going to be leaving. There's going to be life without LeBron. Lakers are thinking are thinking like that already. So I think if they could get someone, I'm be honest, the Lakers should target Cam Reddish, second-round pick from the Knicks. He's literally doing nothing over there. He's just sitting on the bench. I like that. He can shoot. He's a good 3 and D. Lakers could pick him up for cheap. That's the, yeah. only, the only scenario I can see the Lakers doing. Moving Westbrook midseason, unless if there's a team that absolutely wants to tank and just giving up, they'll take him. Other than that, I don't see Westbrook moving. Then – which teams are you most interested in ahead of the deadline? Uh, I mean, as a Spurs fan, I'm, I'm interested in all of them. <laughs> 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 I want KD. <laughs> uh, I would say, I would say, hmm, I would say the Lakers and the Grizzlies. I feel like the Grizzlies are missing one thing. I think they need a wing player. Um, I think as they are right now, I think they, they win a lot of regular season games. But I don't see them beating the Nuggets in the playoffs, and I don't see them beating the Warriors, even, you know, with the Warriors struggling they, uh, the way that they are right now, although they haven't been healthy. But I think the Grizzlies need a wing player. And I think the Lakers, going back to the Lakers, everyone keeps talking about what, what star to add to the Lakers. Lakers don't need another star. They have If AD can stay healthy. They have LeBron, who's averaging 30 a game, and they have AD, who can average in the mid-30s if you wanted to. They don't need another star. Like, there's this obsession with the Lakers that they need stars. They need – no. And first of all, Westbrook is playing great this year, okay? Like, there's, you know, there's a trend now where people clown Westbrook, which I understand last year he was pretty ass. But he's playing great this year. He's coming off the bench. I think, you know, he's a spark. He can add a spark to that team. I think the Lakers need, like, Mo mentioned, like a Joe Harris, you know? Like a Cam Reddish. I like that one by Hoosie. I They don't need a star. You know, have someone that can spot up and hit a three. LeBron will find you. Westbrook will find you. That's all they need. They don't need another star. Uh, and for the Grizzlies, I think they, they just need a wing player. Um, can I interest in OG Ananobi? For the Grizzlies? For the Grizzlies? Yes. His name's on the market. Yeah. 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 Nice. That would be nice. That would be nice. Just get, uh, get rid of Dylan Brooks. I have no idea what Dylan Brooks is doing. I hate him. Get oh, rid of Dylan so Brooks. He, he, he's another player that does a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> so, OG would be great with the Grizzlies. I, I really think the Grizzlies are one piece away from making a legit – I mean, they could still be a legit contender, don't get me wrong. But with OG, I think they would be true, true contenders. Uh, and if they don't, I just don't see them beating – I don't see them beating the Nuggets – uh, with the Mavericks, I think Luca will have his way with them and Kyrie. 
I think they need one more player. The Grizzlies do. I, I, I'm really interested in the Grizzlies. You mentioned it. I'm also interested in the Nuggets. I mean, once again, I think the West is wide open. I, I really do. I think that, you know, one move could really put one of these teams over the top. You know, do the Warriors trade their young pieces for a veteran? Obviously, a, a dream trade scenario that's been out there is uh, Alice Caruso to the Warriors for some young talent. But I'm going to throw it to our Bulls fan in the chat. Uh, Mo, I'm going to give you the cap for the Bulls GM job. What are you doing at the deadline? Are you selling? Selling, bro. Selling. <laughs> Um, first, <laughs> thank um, you. First, first thing I'm doing is getting rid of Billy Donovan. Uh, wow. he's a mediocre coach. He's not even the player. He's done with the coach. Okay, he's, he's <laughs> average. I'm sorry, but he is average. I never thought that Billy Donovan was the the guy to take this group or any group, to be honest, um, and win a championship. Um. I was a big fan of him in college. I think he was on verge of being one of the best college coaches ever at Florida. If he was going to continue that way, back to back champion, we had Noah and Horford and those boys. Uh, but since being under an NBA coach, he's been underwhelming. If he couldn't get it done with KD, Westbrook, and them, he definitely is not getting it done with DeRozan, Levine. Um, and and Vooch. Um, I don't know who or what the hell you trade them for. Um, if you could get something, you you do get something, right? But it, but I wouldn't just sell to sell for the hell of it, right? Um, if I could get back good pieces or if I could get back my future, 100%. I don't think the Bulls are a championship team right now, the way they're assembled, especially with Lonzo, who it looks like is not going to play again this year. Um, and who knows what is going on, what it mentally, physically, what the hell is happening, right? It's kind of bringing back like almost D Rose, uh, vibes a little bit. Um, and Patrick Williams, sorry to say it, but he hasn't lived up to the hype. He hasn't lived up to being the number four pick. If he could be the number four pick, I think this is a, we're a well-positioned team. Um, but I don't think he is that guy right now. He is still fairly young in the the league is a you know you 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 throw him in there and they either sink or swim so, but I still think there is some time for him but um I think if you're the bulls you fire your fucking your your horrible ass coach um and if you could trade some of these guys for talent or for um future picks or whatever it may be you do it um because I don't think this team is constructed the way it is. Maybe it's just getting rid of one of those guys, Levine or DeRozan, but um, the way it's structured right now, at least with Lonzo out, without a point guard properly to get these guys in their spots, in the right area, them not giving a fuck about the defense, and, like, we're not winning shit. We're just being in – we're doing what the Bulls do best. We're being a, a – even right now we're not doing it, but typically we're, what, we're the sixth or seventh or eighth. We're right there hovering. We barely make it. Um, we don't get good draft picks. We get Dalen Terry, who doesn't even play. We draft the, guy, the kid, and he doesn't even get playing time, and we're fucking losing. Or we have Levine and, and DeRozan hurt. So, yeah, that's my Bulls rant. <laughs> A little underwhelming. Yeah, no, for sure. I always say 
in the NBA, really in sports in general, what's hell in sports is not the bottom. What's hell in sports is the middle because you're not good enough to win it all, but you're not bad enough to get to a good uh, get a top pick. Like it's just hell. Yep. That's that's at least how I I, I view it. Mo, you look like you had one last thing to say. Yeah, I was gonna say like. Um, there's this dude that's coming out this year. Um, he's going to be the number one pick. Like, so you could always just kind of tank and, you know, call it a day and get Victor, um, and just run it back with him. So not, not a bad person. I mean, we got the first pick with the bears. Why not do it with the bulls? You know, I like it. I like it. Hosey, any, any final thoughts on regards to the trade deadline, anything you're looking forward to or particular team uh yeah bro. i'm looking forward two teams i'm looking forward obviously the bulls i've every single bulls fan i tell them i tell them straight to their face like me being mediocre is not it just please blow up this team you guys there's there's a lot of talent coming up in these upcoming years i would feel like just getting rid of vooch DeRozan, zach living with that terrible contract he just signed like these players gotta go another thing i'm looking for where laurie marketing goes like, that guy is definitely getting traded. Utah Jazz, Danny Ainge, he knows what he's doing. He's in real build, He's in re- rebuilding mode. I feel like uh, the Jazz were doing good in the beginning of the season to get uh, to get some interest interest from other teams. I feel like Jordan Clarkson and Larry Markkinen are on the move somewhere. Another team I'm looking for is Siak- uh, excuse me, the Raptors. Siakam has been in trade talks for some time now, same with Ananobi. I can't wait for the trade deadline. I think there's going to be a lot of player movement, uh, and I just can't wait for it. I agree. I agree. Couldn't agree more. So we'll wrap it up for the trade deadline, but we're going to stay in the NBA. We're going to do the greatest debate of all time. You made some waves talking about Michael Jordan. <laughs> you told a group of kids at a skills camp yeah. that you are chasing the yeah. ghost of this guy who played in Chicago. Yeah. What did you mean? I meant in the simple fact that um, that's my personal inspiration. That's what drives me. Who is the ghost? February 3rd, 2023, 2-3-2-3 was declared Michael Jordan. Obviously, if you guys are keeping up with the NBA, you know that LeBron James is 36 points away from breaking the all-time scoring record currently held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Looking at the comparison, obviously some people say Jordan's the GOAT. Some people say LeBron's the GOAT. Jordan's got six wins. LeBron's got four. Jordan's got six finals MVP. LeBron has four. Jordan has five regular season MVPs. LeBron has four. All NBAs in favor of LeBron, 18 to 11. Scoring titles in favor of Jordan, 10 to 1. <laughs> Mo, who will you be representing in this debate? <laughs> the GOAT. Can you elaborate? Some people... That's all I got to say. Everybody knows who I mean. The GOAT. I ain't got to say nothing more. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Nothing further, Your Honor. Man, the man just settled the debate. He's saying that if you don't know, Mo is referring to the guy who has a statue right in front of United Center, Michael Jordan. I'm going to throw it to the other side before we allow Mo to come up with a more conclusive case. Ben. So... <laughs> Uh, who will you be representing? When do we go from in this Kobe debate? MJ to leading Kobe all the way off this list? That that's what I'm confused about. Because 
Okay, this is what really pisses me off, right? ESPN comes out with these articles of okay. of all time, right? And they got Jordan 1. Cool, whatever. Woo! And they're like, oh, Jordan, nobody will be like him, blah, blah, blah. And then I yep. go down the list, I see Kobe at 7 or 8 or 9 or 10. And how do you have MJ 2.0, essentially, you know, a more modern day in, in the 2000s MJ at 8 when you are all over MJ's you-know-what? Like, if you have MJ at 1, that's cool. But Kobe's got to be a two or three. I just want to get out of the way because that pisses me off when ESPN does that. Um, to me, I never got to watch MJ, okay? So I can't say someone's the greatest if I haven't watched them, okay? To me, I've always said Kobe's the greatest because I watched him. I watched him against my team. And he, man, he scared the fuck out of me. He scared the living shit out of me, man. Bruce Bowen's little bald head ass got torched and torched and torched by Kobe <laughs> and and you know like almost to the point where it's like give it to Shaq at least we can follow him. <laughs> you can't make free throws uh, to me Kobe to me Kobe's the greatest but I have said if LeBron gets to five rings which now seems more and more unlikely that he will I would say I'll put LeBron number one because of everything else that he's done he's well-rounded he's gonna break every stat record there is he's gonna He'll probably end up with forty, you know, forty thousand career points. He'll he'll beat Kareem's, and then, you know, he'll probably play for two, three more years. He'll reach two for uh, forty thousand easy. So I say for now, Kobe. But I think <coughs> if LeBron wins one more, I think he can he can move past Kobe. But I got Kobe number one. Buzzy, you're the youngest in the group. Yes, sir. LeBron is gonna break the scoring title this upcoming week with him breaking the scoring title is he the goat in your mind uh no not yet not yet uh i love i love lebron i love everything he's done he's probably the greatest basketball player like essentially made but the greatest accolades accomplishments wise it's obviously mj uh mj 69 of final six finals mvps three back two three peats the man has done everything himself. Obviously, you got to think about LeBron's longevity. He's been in the league 20 years, consistent. We knew that he was eventually going to break the record years back. Because you got to think about it. We're looking at LeBron 34 to right now. He's still the same player, averaging 30, doing his thing. But I'm just saying LeBron, his longevity is going to keep making him break accolades. Like he's going to be he's going to end up like top 5 in assists or he if he already is in the like top 10 in rebounds. Accolades are eventually going to get to LeBron and people are going to think cuz he's beating every record, he's going to end up being the GOAT. In my opinion, if LeBron wins one more ring solely for the Lakers, if he makes this Lakers team win a ring, he'll get the GOAT status. As for right now, I think MJ's the GOAT for the meantime, but LeBron has been creep creeping up on him for a while. But I just think breaking this Kareem record is just because of longevity. That's all I got to say. I'm going to say a couple things. Um, first things first, I want to give LeBron his flowers. You know, I was shitting on Ben Simmons earlier because the man has not improved his game since he got into the league. The one thing I have to give LeBron a ton of credit is that every year he gets better. Right? He came into the league. He had no post game, right? He got, you know, embarrassed in the 2011 NBA Finals against the Mavs. Guess what? He gets a post game. 
right? Oh, the man can't shoot. Guess what? He learns to shoot. The man has just, you know, sculpted his game. Just add things here and there that makes him a better player. And honestly, I will say Miami LeBron was one of the most dominant forces I've ever seen in my own two eyes. And I'm talking about a guy who I've watched Shaq, and it's like that type of dominant force. The, the issue is a couple things. Yes, LeBron will have the longevity, right? I don't think people are going to realize this. LeBron had the biggest choke job in NBA history in the 2011 NBA Finals. Okay? Averaging two points in the fourth quarter, getting – Getting schooled by JJ Barea. Who? Who? J. Who? JJ Barea. JJ Barea. <laughs> Say the name again. JJ Barea. <laughs> He's my height, ain't he? Okay. That's, that, I mean, God, like a YMCA guy guarding LeBron James. Okay. I don't think we can ever forget that. Okay. He's got a big mark for that. And I'm not even talking about the year before in 2010 in the Eastern Conference Finals when he choked against the Celtics. What? So. You know, he, he has a lot of blemishes on his resume. Michael Jordan doesn't really have any blemishes on his resume. And also, to finish it out with an analogy. Listen, man. Let me tell you youngsters something. You guys don't know this because you guys are young. And I'm old. When Michael Jordan ate, he was the only man eating at the dinner table. Okay? Why doesn't Karl Malone have a ring? Why doesn't... Why doesn't Charles Barkley have a ring? Why doesn't Gary Payton have a ring? What these are guys are Hall of Famers. Why don't they have rings? Because of Michael Jordan. That's why. All right. Look at look at LeBron's error. Steph Curry eating good. Katie. Oh, he eating. Katie, he eating good. He eating real good. Why eating good? He's eating. He's eating good. So when we're talking about a dominant stretch. Michael Jordan dominated the 90s like no one has ever dominated, really in sports, if I'm being honest with you. And that's going to just resolve this debate, okay? Do I think LeBron has a chance to present a strong case for it? Yes, because he's going to have the longevity. The one thing LeBron is going to have over Michael and really over anybody, LeBron takes care of his body, right? LeBron really does. Like, he's going to be he, – he's, he's 38 years old and he's playing amazing, okay? So – I think there'll be a case, but I think right now we just got it. We got it. It's, it's MJ. Let's move on. For the meantime. For the meantime. Yeah. Forever. I think it's forever, but we'll say the meantime just for them LeBron lovers. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll we, to be determined, right? But for, for me, for me it's, it's already determined. But for me, to be determined. That wraps up episode four of Real Talk with Sam and Hizzy. Fortunately, the last. 10 minutes or so got cut off, um, particularly the end part. Technical difficulties again. We will be getting better. Don't worry. Um, want to send a special shout out to Mo and Ben. Great, great guests. Uh, just a couple, couple reminders. Please, you know, uh, follow the Instagram page. Check us out on YouTube. Um, we are up on essentially every platform: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Take a listen. Tell your friends. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next episode. Thanks.